0: This is the Epilog audio experience. How much coffee is too much coffee? What is coffee consulting? Can it be embraced as a career choice? And how can you enter the coffee business as an entrepreneur? Also, never hurts to know your coffee, coffee accessories and coffee gear, does it? Hello and welcome to the Coffee Overdose and Coffee Gyan special episode with me, Yashika. Our guest today is Mr. Abhinav Mathur, the CEO and MD of Kapi Machines and Somethings Brewing, India's distinguished coffee solution companies. In his career spanning 15 plus years, Abhinav has dabbled in various roles in the product, marketing, key account management operations, and sales and distribution spaces across diverse sectors. An XLRI alumni, Abhinav has worked with Vipro and Philips before moving to Indulge Beverages, a startup into the coffee capsule space, and entering the world of coffee thereafter at Stuffcraft in Bangalore, where he oversaw product, marketing, modern retail, and e-commerce functions of the company. Clearly, he is the coffee guy, as you must. And we're so happy to have you on the show. Welcome, Abhinav.
1: Great to be here, Yashikrat. You've covered everything. I don't know what we'll speak about now on the podcast.
0: (laughs) Abhinav, what is coffee consulting? Can it actually be somebody's career choice? Uh,
1: So, a few years back, coffee consulting, uh, I would say, is a very, very risky move for somebody uh, starting off, but... Times have changed. It's an extremely exciting time for the coffee industry. If you look back, say 10, 15 years back, there were only two or three known large coffee chains uh, worth speaking about. You had Cafe Coffee Day, uh, you had Barista and uh, there was just, uh, Starbucks was entering India a few years back. That, that was just about it. Uh, Then came the advent of what we call a specialty coffee chains and roasters. So these were very entrepreneurial, interesting people who basically said that the India coffee scene has to be elevated. Uh, A very interesting fact about India, India is one of the largest growers of coffee in the world. However, most of the coffee from India gets exported. So Indian coffee is consumed as Italian or German coffee in Europe. And we don't come to know about it too much. It's sold more like a commodity, uh, a super premium uh, coffee brand uh, internationally uh, known as Illy. Illy is one of the most super premium coffee brand you'll hear of. Part of the Illy coffee blend comes from Indian coffee. But a lot of coffee entrepreneurs decided that it's time for Indian coffee to shine. And they set up uh, roasteries in India and serve it to Indian audience. It was a tough journey for them, but today there is a dearth of choice. There are more than 40 Indian coffee roasters, each roasting in their own different and beautiful way and serving to their local markets, selling internationally, nationally. Everyone wants something different in their menu. They want their particular brand of coffee and cafe to be different from the other. And that that's where a coffee consultant comes in, right? Because how do you create something which is very unique for your particular cafe, which is different from others? So there are coffee consultants who guide you on menu. There are coffee consultants who guide you about the kind of equipment that you should purchase to set up your cafe The consultants also take you all the way back to the coffee estates, help you choose the right bean, get it roasted the right way, choose the right kind of coffee to be served to your customer. And they're doing quite well. One of my head of training uh, a few years back, he said, I love what I'm doing. I love to meet so many people, but I think I'll become a coffee consultant. And I, you know, we said, sure, you know, live your life. And, uh, you know, he's doing well. He's traveling the estates and he's consulting uh, to a lot of people. So, of course, it's a great career to, to look forward to coffee consultancy.
0: Interesting. I want to check with you, Abhinav. Is enthusiasm enough? And if not, what is it that one requires? Does one need to be in the coffee business for a while before they uh, step in as because like you just mentioned, you know, he was in the coffee business for a bit before he, you know, stepped into the coffee consultancy profession, so to say.
1: Again, I'll have to start by talking about something called a specialty coffee. So you must have heard of this brand called Third Wave Coffee uh, from in India, right? And of course, nobody wants to hear about Third Wave these days. But in coffee, it means something very, very different and interesting. When coffee first started to get consumed uh, internationally, it was sold as just a black liquid brewed uh, and served in restaurants and other places. That's that's that basically internationally we call as the first wave of coffee. When coffee started to be had outside of homes, when Starbucks started to expand, it was a very interesting time till that time. Espressos, lattes, cappuccinos were only known to Italians and nobody else, but Starbucks made it popular around the world. So the milk based interesting coffee drinks became known across the world and people start to experience these uh, drinks that we call as the second wave of coffee. When, you know, basically coffee started to be had in very different brew methods we now say we are in the third wave of coffee. What Achha, does it this is actually a
0: trajectory of uh, where we are. It is. <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. So we, we say now we are in the third wave of coffee. So basically, peop, uh, the uh, internationally, uh, people said that, you know, sure, great coffee is being served other, in so many places, but how do I know one coffee from the other, which coffee is good, which is bad? So there emerged a way of, measuring a scoring coffee so right from the time it comes out of the of the plant you know it is there is a method to score green coffee and then uh, a brewed cup of coffee there is scores uh, given to that there are experts there are cup tasters there are all sorts of individual professionals there also came to be an international volunteer driven organization called SCA the specialty coffee association what they did was they came up with scores to measure good coffee. They also came up with ways to train people how to brew a good cup of coffee. So everything from coffee roasting to coffee brewing, barista skills, these are now trainable. You can be trained, you can uh, receive uh, an international certification uh, as a trained and uh, you know being trained in one of these aspects of coffee. The green bean side, uh, there is something called Q grading, which is basically do with uh, ascertaining the quality of coffee. Anyhow, technical terms, but basically what all of this means is that there is a way to prove that you have good knowledge around coffee. So you can basically get trained. And once you are trained, your credibility goes up. And then when you go and consult, the the your, the customer who's giving you a consulting assignment knows for sure that you're competent in your coffee knowledge.
0: Very interesting. Now talk to us about entrepreneurship. There's coffee gear, there's accessories. Now all of these things have opened up. There, There is possibly then a market for accessories, equipment and other fancy things in the retail uh, business. Is there a market for entrepreneurs to enter this space and how do they do so?
1: Uh, there are various ways in which you can enter the coffee space. Each aspect of coffee is doing extremely well. You would know about many interesting coffee startups which have emerged recently. There is Rage Coffee which is a rage online which is into instant coffee. There is also Sleepy Owl uh, which which is a very exciting company which is into cold brew and cold brew bags. There is of course Blue Tokai which is playing the coffee roasting space. You know, of ID, of course, uh, who are into uh, Idlis and Dosas, but they also sell coffee decoction, filter coffee decoction. That's becoming interesting. These are just one of the few names. And and uh, you mentioned earlier, I was part of a coffee startup called Indulge Beverages. Our brand was called Bonhomia. We were the first coffee capsule company in India. So there are new emerging caps- capsule companies. There's one from Goa called Coffees and so many more these are only in on the from the rtd the ready to drink to the uh, coffee roasting side of course you can always start a small coffee roastery you can start a cafe there are just innumerable opportunities available to people in the coffee business and it's it doesn't take too much to start if you are getting started and you know you're few years down into your career but you are very passionate about coffee we get to meet a lot of such people i'm in bangalore You can't imagine the number of IT people who say that we are very frustrated doing our IT jobs, uh, you know, for the last 15 years and husband and wife and they want to set up a coffee shop. And of course, we help them and we train them and they end up setting some beautiful places. There are people moving to Goa, there are people moving to Dhamshala, and they want to set up, uh, you know, coffee shops there. So it's happening. So setting up a coffee shop is the simplest but also gives you immediate uh, kind of, you know, traction because people love to explore a new cafe. And if you play it right, if you do it in a very organized manner, you understand which, which equipment you want to buy. What will your menu be? Who's, who's the customer you're addressing around you? Don't price it too high. You have to be relevant to the, uh, to your audience. Then there is a great business to be had around coffee just as the second wave subsided and the market started to open up, we couldn't believe the amount of interest there was in opening coffee chains. So, so cafe chains is a, is a evergreen business. Uh, You just need a good location, but more, you know, but there are so many other aspects of coffee that, that you can be a part of. We decided that, uh, Just like people love having great coffee outside in a cafe and they're experiencing a pour over or an aeropress or whichever brewing method you like, the same people would also love to brew a great cup of coffee at home. We all, especially after the lockdown. Especially after the lockdown, or you know, there were so many videos about home cooking and Dalgona coffee. Yeah. So we figured that this is a great time when if people are making food at home, of course they can make coffee at home. coffee gear. We have coffee you can buy, set up your own coffee station at home. So that's a very interesting business again, which has emerged, uh, you know, uh, very very recently, and we are seeing great traction. So, yeah, so everything from roasting to setting a cafe up or getting into consulting or starting a business like ours, which is into coffee gear, there are immense possibilities in the So, when world.
0: we're talking about, you know, interestingly, Abhinav, when we're talking about uh, setting up a coffee business and setting up from scratch, especially Thanks. now that we have, because you said we are in the third wave, clearly we have established players, right? How does yes. one, you know, establish themselves amidst these... Players who are possibly bigger,
1: larger. So yes, it's it's a very exciting time, but we have to understand it's an extremely underpenetrated market. India has close to three hundred to three fifty Starbucks outlet outlets. Shanghai city in China has more than four hundred outlets. Mm. So a city in China has more outlets than the entire country of India's China by itself has, I think some 5,000 plus Starbucks, maybe 10,000 odd Luckin, which is their biggest chain uh, emerging from China. So we are just scratching the surface of what is possible in coffee. There is tremendous growth opportunity. The biggest chains in India, apart from CCD, CCD was at its peak around 1700 outlets. They're down to about 400 odd outlets now. So the largest chain in India is just about 400-500 outlets. It's not a big number for a large country like India. So there is enough opportunity for everyone to grow. Nobody's competing with anybody else for their business because people like more options. Instamart also starting coffee on their menu. So there are so many possibilities. You can start a cloud kitchen and serve coffee. You don't even need a big you know high street uh, Presence to start a a coffee business, you can start as small from your house, just start a cloud kitchen and start delivering coffee and see what happens.
0: Break some myths about coffee that, uh, you know, we're so used to taking for granted, but uh, actually aren't true.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest biggest myth is, I mean, we consider instant coffee as coffee, but instant (laughs) coffee is... uh, it's not coffee. It is uh, it is something. Uh, I mean, it has been. It used to be coffee. But it has been. Uh, it's
0: flavored milk. It has
1: been brewed. Yeah. I mean. Uh, so, okay. I, I have another bit to break. Coffee is not bitter. Mm,
0: wow. Okay.
1: Coffee is not a bitter beverage at all. Look. Coffee essentially is a berry. It's like any other berry berries are not bitter, you know, they are sweet. So if you go and you taste coffee out of a coffee plant, it is not bitter at all. It's in fact, sweet. Most of the massier coffee brands, they are just trying to average out the flavor of coffee because they are essentially selling extremely cheap coffee to, uh, to, to consumers. So what they do, they take uh, average, average coffee. They roast it very dark. When you roast coffee dark, uh, so again, you know, uh, this goes on to a discussion of what, what roasting does to coffee. So uh, when, when you start roasting is like cooking, like, you know, let us simplify the whole thing. A roaster is basically like a big furnace with fire and, and coffee beans on top and you're basically cooking coffee, right? So light roast means initially when, uh, when the, when the flames are low and when basically the, 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 the there is not too much heat. So, you go from light roast to medium roast to dark roast and to very dark roast, right? The lighter the roast, the more the original flavor of coffee shines through. The darker the roast, the uh, the flavor starts to blend and become more even, but also the essentialness of the flavor reduces, right? So, um When you're having a cabbage, you know, a dark roast is fine because anyhow, you're putting milk. So what you need essentially is that kick of coffee, but you're having a milk beverage with some coffee. But if you really want to enjoy coffee, you will have it without milk. You will have it just as a beverage with coffee and water brewed right. So us coffee people, we don't take milk at all in our coffee. Of course, we don't take sugar. That is, you know, that's that's gone long back. Uh, We just have coffee and water and it is sweet and it's a nice drink to have Uh, and it tastes beautiful if it is roasted right. So coffee not bitter. Uh, The other myth about coffee and again this is something that a lot of our consumers may not agree with me but coffee is not supposed to be piping hot. Piping hot coffee is not good coffee. Why? Uh, When you brew tea you basically take a pan, uh, you boil water, you put uh, tea, you take it almost up to the boiling point. Tea boils over, and then you uh, sieve it, and then you make uh, tea. So when you are taking it to the boiling point, that means it's almost reaching 100 degrees Celsius. That's the temperature at which water evaporates. So it's it's piping hot, of course, right? That is the hottest the liquid can go before it evaporates. Not the same for coffee. Coffee, the, the right brewing temperature is somewhere between 85 to 90 degrees. It's a gentler heat. Heated more than that, coffee starts to burn. It it becomes bitter. It becomes when people, uh, you know, you, you ask an experienced barista and uh, they will have this frustration that everyone asks me for piping out coffee. And how do I tell them that piping out coffee is not hoti good nahi hai. coffee? <laughs> hoti hai, right? And yeah, so those are a few myths, uh, which probably I'm going to add a fourth or, or rather
0: know. ask you about the fourth acidic, you know, they say coffee says acidity. Ho hai
1: Correct. Yeah. So again, uh, not necessary. So again, uh, it brings me to another interesting fact about coffee, which is that coffee has more flavor profiles than wine oh really wine people speak about wine people say there are some 300 to 400 to 500 different flavor profiles coffee has 5000 so there's a coffee flavor wheel uh, which which again is published by the same uh, organization the SCA which speak about these 5000 different flavors uh, there are 5000 different coffee.
0: flavors like who even yes. knew that? I think we need like, yes. we need, uh, we need coffee uh, education in the curriculum.
1: But yes, there are so many flavors, you know, so again, when I talk about roasting, you start from kacha coffee, you start with green coffee and you take it up, right? So at the extreme end of when the coffee is just starting to get roasted is, you know, when it is, uh, when the acidic uh, flavors are there, you know, these are the, you know, when you start roasting. When you over roast it, you get bitter. So bitter and acidic are two ends of the flavor profiles of coffee. Both are not good, of course. A coffee roasted right and brewed right should not be too acidic, should not be too bitter. It should be somewhere in between and it, it, it should be complex. It should It should give you a sense of where it comes from, what crop it was grown with, how it was roasted, all those senses you should get from a good coffee. So it's not supposed to be Uh, acidic having said that there has been some research which says coffee doesn't suit certain people so of course you should take the medical advice and we are not here to promote coffee no matter what but for a lay person for an average consumer it is not acidic don't have it later in the day it does uh, have an effect on sleep so avoid having coffee more after 2 p.m or 4 p.m uh, if you have then you're having it on at your own risk there are people i know who say i have coffee before i sleep i am not one of them so so yeah but that's just my personal preference
0: got it you know um i i saw that while most businesses in general turned online from physical yours was actually the other way around so Talk to us about digitally growing a business, especially in the yeah. D2C to, D to sector because you're directly selling to the customer. Right.
1: Yeah, so uh, look, I I come from uh, from retail and from, from FMCG. So my career when I started off, uh, as you mentioned, was in Wipro, Wipro Lighting. So I was thrown into the Varanasi market. I had to uh, be on my foot the whole day, visit around 40, 45 Uh, electrical shops to sell bulbs and uh, tube lights and those kind of products so but what it does it really teaches you uh, how to interact with uh, with uh, with customers with distributors with dealers with retailers to understand have tea with them uh, 30 ml small tea but with everyone so I used to have a lot of tea at that time Mm. from there on I again I was uh, uh, you know in Philips and Black & Decker I was uh, I was part of those companies in Philips when modern retail just started. The first Chroma outlet opened, the first Reliance outlet opened. It was a completely different world. We used to do amazing demonstrations. This was a new concept in India. The first uh, uh, you know, modern retail outlets were opening and we wanted to showcase to a consumer, give them a real experience of the product in front of their eyes. So we had a great home theater system. We wanted to show them what a home theater system will Be sound like them at their home, which they could never have done over a counter in a small shop. Then came the e-commerce time. Of course, it made the choice more for a customer because in an e-commerce site, you have infinite shelf space, while in a retail outlet, you have limited uh, shelf space. So, of course, so many products can be listed. You have more choice. But my realization personally through the years has been that E-commerce works for products and categories which are well understood. If you know you have to buy a mixer grinder, go to an Amazon or a Flipkart, you choose the right mixer grinder, you know the specs, you buy, you come home. When you have to buy a coffee machine, most of the questions are not around pricing or anything like that. It is just that I want to know if I will be able to use this product. I want to know how to use the product. I want to see how my coffee will get extracted from this product before I buy. So coffee is so experiential. And for any category, we believe, which is experiential, it is it can be into beauty. There are mattress companies, which while they operate online, they are physical stores because you want to just feel the mattress before you buy it. In all sorts of category where experience is important, I believe only an omni-channel approach works we were of course in the middle of the lockdown there was no possibility of opening a retail store but we I was very sure very early in the day that I want to have a retail store uh, operating so during the lockdown itself we took a place and we did it up and by the time it ended we had a physical store ready and We believe it's added a lot of value to us. A lot of people who just have seen us online and were not able to make up their mind whether to buy the product or not. Got
0: it. Basically, one helps the other. Even though one doesn't want to necessarily physically come and buy, but the fact that they've seen it, there is a trust factor or credibility involved. So therefore, you go and purchase online.
1: Credibility and experience are extremely important factors, which is why... I don't foresee a time when the entire commerce will move online. There is always going to be a healthy blend of online and offline retail and e-commerce in, you know, in, in any transaction.
0: You know, because we're talking of this and we're talking of you setting this up, especially amidst the pandemic. Talk to us about the challenges of setting up uh, the coffee business from scratch.
1: Yeah. Now looking back, I, I, I think it's been such an unbelievable journey. So, uh, the lockdown happened around uh, March, April uh, 2020. Our core business, which is to sell commercial coffee equipment, uh, was down to zero. Uh, who, who was our customer? We are three types of customers corporates, hotels and cafes. Everybody was closed. So essentially our entire business had, had come down to zero. And we were of course, ideating on what we can do, how we can pivot, what else we can do. And this homebrewing idea came and we said, let's do something about it. The interesting part is the entire exercise of setting up this business happened with us sitting at home. We contacted international brands, got their samples, evaluated the samples, signed up agreements, Imported the products, set up a website, uh, technically resolved everything there was to resolve from the payment gateway setup to listing the products to doing. We did, of course, uh, some photo shoots physically, but again, it was done with minimal staff. And on 1st October 2020, uh, still just when the wave had ended and people were going about our site was live. It was very important for us to launch on 1st October. It is International Coffee Day. So we gave ourselves this hard deadline that we launch. So within a matter of a few months, we did all our trials, we listed and we launched the brand. Message being that uh, you know, if you really put your mind towards a certain activity and if you're very clear in your head what you want to achieve, uh, a business can be started and uh, and uh, of course you 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 should speak to consumers you should know but but uh, you know I, I believe in the lean startup methodology of of executing and then learning from it and iterating and then moving forward instead of just trying to uh, achieve perfection on day 1 so we were imperfect on day 1 there were a few bugs but we got started and then we resolved it
0: of course, there is skill set involved in. Uh, you know, we've already spoken about certifications and courses and all of that. If there yes, were three characteristics yes. that you had to pick, that coffee business mein wale ho, toh, these are the three you should definitely have, or as a coffee professional, consultant, whatever. These three characteristics are important.
1: One genuine, genuine passion for for coffee and the community. Uh, you can't fake it in the coffee industry. There are so many passionate people that, uh, you know, it's literally. (laughs) Yeah. And people in coffee don't see coffee as a business. They see it as a life journey, as a passion, as wanting to do something for the community. So I would say there is more passion than business acumen in the coffee community. And that has to, uh, you know, because we are all on a journey, we know that, uh, unless there, there is that bit of passion inside you for coffee, uh, there will be times when, when, you know, things are not good and you'll basically, you know, run away or pivot and do something else. If you're not passionate about coffee itself. Right. Uh, second, I would say is an extremely open mind and wanting to learn as much as possible. Um, We've spent so many years into coffee, but we still don't think we know enough. We don't know enough. There are always uh, innovations happening in the coffee world internationally. There are new products coming in. There is something called as barrel-aged coffee now, which is getting popular where where you get a you know, use a whiskey barrel to, it's like to like, age yeah, coffee. Like, and
0: yeah.
1: So so it's becoming so there's so many innovations happening. So we be, come with a with an open mind and the third uh, aspect i would say is that talk to as many people in the community as possible in coffee
0: it's a small community you we, said already
1: it's a small community and we really want to help each other out we are not competing with anyone we want people to do well so when somebody comes and comes uh, says i want to set up a, a, a venture we want to give them as much information as possible so, don't uh, kind of uh, live in a shell and just start something uh, by doing some internet searches. Meet, meet people from the coffee community. You'll learn more. You'll not make some mistakes which probably some of us have made. So, talk to the community as much as possible.
0: Beautiful. Uh, two, for all the coffee connoisseurs out there, two interesting coffee gears or accessories that you can own.
1: Okay. Definitely, uh, definitely an AeroPress. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite brewing methods. It's extremely easy to carry um, and it gives you a decent body in coffee. So typically, if you're used to having a cappuccino or, or any of the, you know, coffees, filter coffee, which has a bit of body by body, I mean, it is, you know, it is, it's you feel like you've had something. It's not very liquidy. It's, it, it, what what we say as TDS, you know, so it's high on TDS. So, Uh, AeroPress is a great brewing method. uh, Easy to carry, easy for a traveler. That is one. If you really can, uh, you should uh, own an espresso machine. There is nothing like espresso as a base of coffee for so many beverages, be it latte, cappuccino, mocha, anything. So we are trying very hard to bring down the prices of a good espresso machine. We are down to almost 20-25k now, which is kind of reasonably affordable. I know some people will still say it's an expensive device, but if you're passionate, uh, that's the, it's, it's something to spend and have your own coffee set up at your home. Let this year's saving go into setting up a beautiful coffee station at home and none of them have regretted. They keep... Uh, coming back and expanding their coffee station. They buy a nicer grinder, they buy something else. But yeah, a a good espresso machine and AeroPress. And the third one, if you allow me, would uh, be a great uh, kettle, a temperature-controlled kettle. I spoke about uh, why temperature is extremely important to brew a great cup of coffee, a temperature-controlled kettle, because with a kettle, I can essentially use any brewing method and make a great cup of uh, coffee at home for myself.
0: Very interesting because you know Abhinav has seen retail, Abhinav has seen Wipro, Philips, and now just I- immersed in that coffee world. What tell us what achievement means to you, Abhinav? Uh,
1: when people ask me about my achievement, uh, my only achievement I feel is to uh, be able to build a great team and to retain great talent. That's all that I want to do to build a great community, to build a great team. Uh, those are my achievements. My achievements are that we have the lowest attrition rate in the industry in our company. During pandemic, we didn't let anyone go. We we had an extremely extremely tough six months uh, where we didn't know how we'll survive, but we made sure that we let all these families survive and uh, and and the the team pays back by 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 staying with us. So building a great team, building talent, uh, helping them grow, helping them realize their dreams while being part of our company, that is what I feel my greatest achievement is. I'm still in touch with my teams from my earlier organizations, be it Philips or Black & Decker. Wherever they go, whatever counseling they want, personal or career, they still call me up and that's what I feel most proud of, that uh, my teams, my earlier teams are still in touch with me that's all that is uh, what i have built and that's what i'm proud of
0: amazing and uh, cannot thank you enough uh, for having shared with us broken myths been so candid about the industry the business Uh, thank you so much abhinav and uh, thanks for being on the show
1: you're most welcome Uh, i hope uh, uh, after this podcast we see a lot of other entrepreneurs get into coffee uh, you know would love to for the community to grow. We are just getting started. We need a lot of talented, passionate people to enter the community and grow it in India.
0: Lovely. And with people like you, I, I know that they have instant mentors to knock the doors off.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Just a call away.